Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. life for a moment in time with pints i say and all my life for condensation rolling down the outside of a freshly poured ice cold pint do you agree robin oh i don't mind that one little bit ah uh, yes i mean that was for all the listeners who might be listening on a hot bus yes but just those people. Just those, yeah. Nowhere else. If you're hot anywhere else, this is not for you. This is for people on a hot bus. <laughs> yeah. Only the hot bus demographic. Only the HBD. And it's hot, hot, hot with a 100% chance of pints right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the UK, at least. Uh, especially in the South. And the moon underwater is dealing with it very well, Robin. Because, you know, at festivals where they have that sort of, those mist guns. Yes. Or or in hot cities, sometimes you see it in footage of Japan in a heatwave, just those areas where you can walk through a sort of cool mist of water. Yes, uh, yes. I mean, I remember seeing Heidi Ruegan at the Fringe a few years ago, and she actually had a little, she had a sprayer, not, you know, mm. not that footballer who used to play for Newcastle, a, a sprayer that she would spray on the audience. It was very, very nice. Oh, that's lovely. Well, yeah, those little um, mist zones. Yeah. It's basically every room with the moon underwater. But the brilliant thing about it is it's not seeming to gather anywhere. It's not pooling. It's not dripping. It's just hanging in the air. Yes. Cool, cool air. Cool, cool air. I don't know about you, Robin, but this is the kind of weather, and I'd be interested to hear from listeners if uh, this is similar with them, where I start to fantasise about drinks that don't exist. Oh, really? Go on. Well, the sort of mind creates its own needs. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes, even though the world of alcohol is a, a vast and varied one, every so often you're just fantasising about a drink that has never been made. And mine, it's like a cider, but one poured through a sparkler. Really? Yeah, it's got hints of beer in it. So I don't want to say it's a snake bite, but it kind of is like a like a 4% sparkler, pump-drawn, cidery beer. And I've got a vague memory of having it, but obviously I haven't because it doesn't exist. I was once in Granada, and I can't remember if I've mentioned this on the show, and I, mu- and I might have dreamed it, 
but they poured it was the hottest place I'd ever been to I think in my life and they poured beer that actually had ice in it so the crystals are falling and forming yeah so when you had it there were big chunks of ice in it I mean I, I kind of did I dream that I d- it's hard to tell sometimes I think we do dream drinks but the dreams become memories that then become dreams yeah So let us know if you've ever invented with your mind or dreamt of a drink that doesn't exist that you fantasise about. And what I often find is I'll be walking down the booze aisle at Tesco and a bit of an update on that to come. Mm. And I'll be like, I'll think, oh, they haven't got it. And then I'll be like, oh, they haven't got it because it doesn't exist. Right. So I'm looking for that sort of, that perfect sort of hand pump drawn smooth imagine if john smith's was a cider that's what i'm talking about so you want smooth i I sort of imagining a cider lolly that's been melted so it's like a slush cider with that's also alcoholic i want it with a thick head cider with a thick head yeah but then you're in the realms of sort of rough cider you don't want that well i considered mixing inches with uh, a can of boddington's today Jesus to God. try and recreate it but i don't think it would work i mean that's a low ebb even by your standards <laughs> so robin we're here for the week in pubs within the pub of the mind uh, within the pub of ourselves what's been your week in pubs well my week in pubs john um I think I've mentioned a couple of times in The Moon Underwater how it's sometimes hard to find a really good rock bar in the UK. Yes, an authentic, unironic one. Yeah, but I did find one quite recently because I went to see my friend's band, Alanza, who are excellent. You should check them out. And they were playing at New River Studios up in Haringey in North London. And that was just... Well, I walked in and they were playing Ride the Lightning by Metallica in its entirety. And it was really, really good beer, but it was very unpretentious. And it was like kind of artist studios where bands played as well with a bar at the front. But it was like, it's the kind of place you don't really find in London anymore because it hasn't been altered and no one's tried to turn it into a kind of, uh, I don't know, gastro kind of place. What was the pub where we saw uh, David Pajo? Oh, that was the Shackleton Arms. Yeah, that's got something of the sort of authentic... That reminded me a bit of the Hatchet in Bristol a long time back. Yeah, it's a great place, that. Lovely gig. But yeah, that's my weekend pub. That was a superb place to go. Uh, I loved it. Um, how about you? Have you been pubbing? Well, Robin, we went to a pub, didn't we? Did we? We went to the Nags Head. Oh, yes, the Nags Head. Yeah, that's a great pub. So you may remember when Adrian Charles was on uh, this show, he, he mentioned the Nags Head and uh, it's... A pub in, is it Mayfair? Sort of Belgravia. Yeah, Knightsbridge. So in a super, super fancy part of London. But we went there before going out for a meal. And it's a delight. Mm. It's a little sort of, I want to say diamond in the rough, but it's also a rough, it's also a rough in the diamond, if you know what I mean. It's done very well to maintain its sense of self amidst its surroundings. Yes, and it's also, it's sort of ramshackle without being wantonly quirky. Yeah. So it does feel like the stuff on the walls, the photos and the bits of paraphernalia and memorabilia have genuinely been absorbed through the years and not sort of sought out at some auction where a pub thinks, okay, we need loads of old stuff. We need a load of crazy crap on the walls. Yeah. Yeah. You did get a real sense that the people who've worked there and owned it and been regulars 
have sort of played their part in decorating it in just an incredible way. And there's all these photos on the ceiling in the downstairs area. Yeah. It was a palimpsest of paraphernalia. It really was. I loved it. Yeah. It was it was pricey. But that I think that's forgivable in the area because it's got to keep its head above water, really. Well, we looked at uh, on Rightmove and there was a five-bedroom apartment for sale nearby. And strap in, if you're not familiar with sort of elite London property prices, which I wasn't till I checked this, a five-bedroom apartment for £22.5 million. Jeez. Be lucky if you earn that in a week. Exactly. So I'm more than happy to pay an extra 50p for a pint of Guinness <laughs> yeah. because the pressure on them to sell or to sort of realise the, the the money that that plot must be worth is enormous. So I'd actually, I don't think it's a price I wouldn't pay to keep a pub like that going. Yeah, maybe £22 million. Yeah, that's a bit <laughs> But yeah, really nice stuff and locals and regulars in there as well. And there's two pubs on that road. So I think it's a double pub scenario. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Would thoroughly recommend it. So that's our week in pubs. That's the only pub I've been to this week. I've been doing a lot of home drinking, so yeah. that sounds bleak. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm currently drinking right now is Striding Edge, the Northern Monk, two point eight percent hazy light IPA, and it is a just such a delight on a hot summer's day because it's not point nine units per can, but it's still a sort of bona fide beer, and I I salute any brewery who has a sort of two to three and a half percent beer especially in a 330 can because you can quaff them with abandon <laughs> yes uh it's a love that sounds lovely um the i was going to say as well the beer that they had in new river studios was the signature brew which do some really nice beers actually the roadie is a really nice one but yeah that's a, that's also another lovely beer i've been sampling what are you quaffing tonight in the moon underwater, Rob? Well, it's just, I mean, it's Stella, isn't it? Stella's the question, Stella's the answer. Yeah, I know, it's the answer, isn't it? So, Robin, um, I've talked about all of the mist within the moon underwater, just hanging in the air, refreshing us and re-refreshing us. Uh, but what about the mist that I heard you sighing for? And I have to say, it's not criticism, a very sweaty sigh. Yeah, sort of sweat, a gelatinous, gelid sort of sigh that came out of me there. Um but yes, uh, side for the mist, the mist within and the mist without. But yeah, had some lovely mists in. Please uh, keep continuing to write your your mists in emails. Um, we've got a lovely one here from Lewis, and this is a this is a great mist because it relates to a place where you're visiting relatively soon. Dear John and Robin, this weekend I took a well needed break to the picturesque Cornish town of Falmouth. Whilst there, we found ourselves in an utterly charming pub called Beerwolf Books, which has a fantastic reveal from the high street. Up a staircase is the bar, which, as well as having a varied selection of ales, and an eye-watering 14% stout, also contains a very reasonably priced bookshop, which I couldn't help but purchase a couple of titles from. There's also a group playing a game I hadn't seen before called Karom, which sort of seems like a cross between chess and Sabutio. Brilliant. <laughs> Sounds good. It was a great night in a spectacular pub, but it leads me to this question. Are there any other combination pubs that have another business alongside the beers? The bookshop-pub combo was lovely because it engendered a relaxed, 
but quiet vibe. Yours in pubs, Lewis. Oh, great cue. After Edinburgh, I'm going down to the southwest for a bit of a, a relaxo package, so I'll definitely head to Beowulf Books. Be- yeah, I've been there myself. It's absolutely brilliant. The only thing I think about it is if you're having a beer and it's kind of quite a rowdy Friday night, there are a lot of people holding kind of precarious pints, like around big piles of books, which doesn't seem... Uh, you know, it could be a, a, an accident waiting to happen. But I love that atmosphere, though. I'm trying to think of of, of pubs slash somethings. I saw a pub recently that had was pub on one side, fish and chip shop on the other. That's nice. And that sort of feels quite recession-proof in a way. Yes, good pee. Um, I was going to say there's a great pub in Broadstairs, which I've been to, called The Chapel, which is also a pub and a second-hand bookshop. But if anyone ever finds themselves going to Dingle Dingle is just superb for this there's a great shop uh, there's a great pub there which is a bicycle repair shop oh nice yeah stunning what would be your dream shop to find attached to a pub <laughs> bookshop gets is pretty high up the list there um guitar shop and git- guitar shop i think you'd have Drunken guitarists noodling away. You would. You would have noodling, yeah. There are a couple of board game Yeah, board games pubs. One of them's called Beer and Board Games at the Beer Hive. And there's one that Ellis and I actually recorded a bonus podcast in. It's called Drafts in Hackney, or, or Drafts. And it's got this beautiful exterior because it used to be i think um an old like eel shop or fish shop but the interior is absolutely stunning um and it's got so at the front you've got sort of a bar with nice booths a bit like an old-fashioned sort of fish and chip shop and in the back it's got all the board games and it's got this beautiful sign that says live eel importer f cook which they've kept from the original one but i'd i'd recommend looking up drafts in hackney in your mind that's a great name isn't it because draft as in draft beer and draft as in drafts as a game could be a good crossword clue wouldn't it it would um, actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let us know your favorite pub business combos and any drinks you've ever invented in your mind yes uh, you can send your mist to john at moonunderpod.com but you could also communicate if you're a patron uh, via the moon underwater facebook social club and I would encourage everyone who can to contribute on Patreon because you get a bonus podcast behind the cellar door. You get extended episodes, ad-free episodes, early episodes. And you also get advanced ticket access for live events, which are a few of those coming up soon. But Robin, there's been some chat on the Facebook group, hasn't there? Well, this week on the Moon Underwater Social Club, uh, we wanted to hear about the worst wine you've ever had. Good cue. <laughs> it was good a good cue. cue. Um, should we have a few uh, have a few responses to that? Finlay says Eldorado tonic wine. It's like Buckfast but worse. I don't mind a bit Buckfast. Never had it. Buckstasy is a combination of Buckfast and well, you get the idea. William <laughs> William says being from both the world of wine and from Portugal, <laughs> I have come across my fair share of howlers. Cousins and friends from all over the country making their own from the vine that grows up the side of their house, barn, garage, anywhere. Fermented in 25-gallon bedos or an old oil drum, the resulting concoction is brought over for family events. Often it is good, but notable exceptions are 
The one that made my friend Paolo so drunk he fell asleep in a hedge and woke up 20 hours later crying. Oh, God. (laughs) Sounds like John. The one that blew up the night before, staining the garage and all the contents bright bright purple. And the one that made us all throw up constantly for over an hour. Oh, great. Lovely stuff. John says, I had a truly awful red in an all-inclusive hotel once. It was a local red from Greece... I'm not an expert, but there must be a reason why the Greek red doesn't have a section in my local Asda. It was very red, very thick, and each sip tasted of battery acid. I still get heartburn thinking about it. Well, Greece is actually up and coming wine-wise because it's the perfect climate. It is. But I don't know when that may have been. There are some good ones. There's certainly some fantastic Greek whites. Hello, fans of Pub and Pint. I'm Jess Phillips, an MP, and now for the first time, a podcast host. I know that the moon underwater is used to sighing for its letters, so I think you'll love my new podcast that's all about writing letters. It's called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode, I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. So with that, I'll sign off with Yours Sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy an episode of my podcast soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, it's William and Jordan here from Help, I Sexted My Boss. And on Tuesday, our show at the London Palladium will be streamed live into cinemas. So if you want an evening full of laughs and outrageous problems and dilemmas, then come along and join us on the big screen. Help as Sex and My Boss Live is showing everywhere and everyone's welcome. Go to sexofmyboss.com slash cinema to get your tickets now. That's sexofmyboss.com slash cinema. What's your worst wine? Uh, well, are we talking wine that's, like, gone bad? Well, this is it. I mean, we're talking about the very nature of what is bad. I mean, if, if a wine's gone bad, then all wine that goes bad is bad. Yeah. But is there a wine that's innately bad? Or is anything innately bad? I mean, I was listening to Limp Biscuit today, and they're actually not that bad. Well, the last time we went for a curry and I had that Sauvignon Blanc that was dark brown... Yeah, but that I was think bad. But that had gone bad, surely. That had gone bad. Yeah. Um, well, I hate to get on this soapbox again, but all the natural wine I've had is disgusting. Well, listen to what Crispin says. The worst wine he's ever had was an organic orange wine at a restaurant run by a really great couple, but it was absolute muck and cost us £47. Yeah. I don't quite understand 
I wonder if the natural wine craze is sort of thinking, oh, we can do the same as craft beer, mm. but it's not improving on the original product. The thing I really noticed when I had this the, the natural wine, and we talked about it in the Ed Gamble episode, was it didn't have any kind of length of flavour, which is what you get from a really nice wine. It just sort of disappeared as soon as you drank it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, and also, I can't really say that I was sort of just buying bad stuff because I took the recommendations of a guy who ran a natural wine shop. Yeah. <laughs> but then that might just be my palate. But then I'm not coming to wine for a sort of dry, vinegary... Mm. Uh, manure was the tasting <laughs> note that a lot of people use, like straw, like farms. Yeah. Who's ever opened a bottle of wine thing? I hope this tastes like a farm. <laughs> just doesn't happen. But I tell you one type of wine that I generally don't like is sort of cheap wedding champagne that sticks sticks in the back of the throat. I would rather have a have a sort of cheaper but sort of probably better value carver or prosecco than a sort of you know a bulk bought Champagne. I don't care that it says champagne on it. I want it to taste nice. One, yeah, one of those very nutty ones. I remember um my, I remember when I was in my first year at university, there was a shop over the road where I used to get, get very cheap bottles of Suave. Ah. And um, I remember absolutely loving it at the time because it's, you know, and it's where I really fell in love with the, the pre-lash. Yeah. You know, you'd have a bottle of Suave in your room, have some friends around, listen to music, and then you'd go out on the real lash. And I think I tried the Suave that we used to drink years later, that it was absolutely foul. Like that real petroly kind of white wine kind of thing. But fond mems, though. Fond mems. Fond mems, but also the the people who make it may have changed hands. It may have been a bad blend. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's, you, it's hard to compare a wine sort of 10 years after you liked it. I mean, I, it's funny when you have years of wines. Do you think like the year should be the year when you're which you're most nostalgic about, and then it would taste nicer? Do you know what I mean? Well, if I had a two thousand and one Suave, yeah, it would be really nice. Yeah, I'm not sure if he'd bought it in a newsagent. It would really keep for twenty one <laughs> no. years. No. Nice idea though. Uh, one more from the uh, Facebook group. Tim says, in Lanzarote, I bought a wine that came in a carton like milk. It cost the equivalent of 50p and was very much like drinking vinegar. Uh, so there we go. <laughs> Thanks for all your responses there. Yes, and we'll be posting a topic on the Social Club every week to talk about on the week in pubs. Uh, just to remind you that we've we've split, we've, we've fragmented and streamlined our digital output. Uh, so these discussions are now a separate podcast. Uh, so that we can enjoy them at our leisure, but also delve right in when we interview our guests in the main pod. Let's have one more miss, shall we? This is a great and very fascinating one from Morgan. Morgan, whose uh, missed subject is how old can a pub be? Dear Johnny JR and the lovely Robin, I hope this mist finds you well. I was recently in Torquay and stumbled across a beautiful old pub called The Hole in the Wall. It promotes itself as the oldest pub in Torquay, and states that this historic tavern has been serving the likes of smugglers, men of the sea, and businessmen since around 1540. I had a delicious pint of Exmoor IPA, and I was absolutely delighted to see a sparkler. 
Anyway, it got me thinking, how old can a pub actually be? Surely there can't be records that stretch that far back in the annals of time. Quick bit of research. Census records go back to 1861 as to it being a pub, but no other supporting evidence. The date 1540 crops up on a lot of old pubs as well, but why was the 1540 date adopted? It's recognised that the medieval period ended with Henry's revolution and the dissolution of the monasteries in 1540. Uh, This is where the association with the Reformation comes in. People had little access to accurate written records, and it looks like the 1540 date was an educated guess for the genesis of any old building that wasn't obviously medieval. In effect, it was an advertising slogan for this is one of the oldest pubs in the country. Such pubs often completed the package by boasting a famous visitor and a ghost. Note how in other places, Tudor period alehouses seem to be promoted with Shakespeare used to drink in here stories. How many other old pubs are lying to us? Yours in Pints Morgan. That's a lovely tidbit there. Yes. I mean, the thing is, I think we talked about this once before about the um, ye old trip to Jerusalem in Nottingham. Uh, there's a website uh, that I found in my mind, thedrinksbusiness.com, which ranks the 15 oldest pubs in the UK according to their claims. Because when a building, say a building dates back to 900, which some of these do, and was at that time a coaching inn, the chance of it having stayed as that business for 1,100 years are very, very slim. Yeah. So often you're having to weigh up the sort of the the veracity of the claim that the building is that old, the veracity of the claim that it was selling alcohol for the entirety of that time, because what we know as a pub now, sort of solely just selling booze, wasn't really a thing as long ago as these buildings were built. So they may have been um, stables, they may have been uh, inns, they may have been houses of ill repute, and and you just you can't possibly say, but, I mean, to to answer Morgan, some of these pubs with those claims, um, well, the pub owners of the old ferry boat in Hollywell, Cambridgeshire, or Holywell, claim that it's 560 AD. So they claim that alcohol has been sold in the premises for 1,500 years. Yeah, but that's that brings us back to Morgan's point, which is that, is, do you remember when... Rachel in Friends says things are just from your when she's talking to people, but they, but they were just using that date fifteen forty when it wasn't obviously older than that. So I was just saying it was basically from your. But there will be records, not necessarily official records, but there may be references to to buildings. So the porch house in Cheltenham uh, has evidence that a tavern with room existed there in nine forty seven A.D. But now it's a five-star hotel. So is that the oldest pub in the country? Because it's not a pub anymore; it's a hotel. Uh, but it's it will it's something. It's a question that will never be proven. But I maybe that maybe that adds something that there are sort of a dozen or two dozen pubs in the UK that claim to be the oldest pub in the UK. I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. A pub is a fluid thing. It's a state of mind, if anything. A fluid. It certainly is fluid. So anyway. Quick reminder, actually, Spark- Morgan mentioned sparklers there. Someone messaged me to say the Shirkers Rest in New Cross has sparklers on. So, see you there. <laughs> see you there. <laughs> well, folks, thank you so much for your mists, which you can send to John at Moon Underpod, and for your 
social club messages, which you can join by heading to moonunderpod.com and clicking on the link to Patreon. Just £6 a month, that's the only tier. And once you sign up to it, there'll be no more tears. Uh, just beers and no fears, just... Your ear, in your ears. Just In your ears. And you won't be in arrears. You won't be in arrears. You'll be, will be in your ears. Uh, so Robin and I are going to have a couple more pints here at the Moon Underwater this evening and uh, rest from a long day sweating. But we do hope you're well. Uh, and we look forward to you hearing uh, the interview we're doing, which is coming out next week. Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, it's William and Jordan here from Help! I Sexted My Boss. And on Tuesday, our show at the London Palladium will be streamed live into cinemas. So if you want an evening full of laughs and outrageous problems and dilemmas, then come along and join us on the big screen. Help as Sex and My Boss Live is showing everywhere and everyone's welcome. Go to sexofmyboss.com slash cinema to get your tickets now. That's sexofmyboss.com slash cinema.